Yesterday evening, we held our annual Shrove Tuesday event here, a time when we prepare ourselves for this day and for Lent, the time of getting ready to enter the mystery of Easter. So last night we feasted on pancakes, a tradition began to, that began to use up the butter and eggs and other rich things in our kitchens before the fast of Lent. We decorated some alleluias to put away, since we don't use that celebratory word in worship during Lent. You'll see and hear those come back on Easter. At the end of the evening, we held a brief service that began with lots of noise and celebration and ended in candlelit silence. It was a palpable shift into this serious liturgical season of Lent. And in between our dinner and our service, we made a fire out in the courtyard. We took palms that were used in last, Sunday, or last year's Palm Sunday service, and we burned them. We burned them down to ash. Now, normally, we would be inviting you to come up in a few minutes and receive those ashes on your head. Today, we'll invite you to do this action at home with ashes if you have them, with maybe a little dirt or dust, or simply by making the sign of the cross on your forehead with your finger. And as we all receive that cross tonight, of whatever it might be, we are reminded of our mortality. Now, I've been wondering about this action, mostly because of that cross. When someone makes the sign of a cross on your forehead, it's done in blessing. So how is this, to have someone put ashes on your head tell you that you're dust and you're going to die, how is this a blessing? Another time that we receive a cross on our forehead is when we are baptized. That cross is made with holy oil, and we're told at that time that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Forever even after we die. And during that baptismal service, we make some promises. And we all do. Every time we witness a baptism, we all renew that covenant. One of the things we say is that we will persevere in resisting evil, and whenever we fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Repent. It's a word you're going to hear often during Lent. Dictionaries tell us that to repent means to regret, and more thorough definitions include a change in thought or behavior resulting from that regret. In my sixth grade confirmation class, I learned that to repent meant to turn, to change your orientation. And this has been the most useful definition for me in a Christian context, to turn to God. Repentance isn't just about wallowing in guilt and shame. 
It's about turning to God. Acknowledging our failings, our limitations, our sin, and then turning toward our God who loves us. The ashes today are a tangible reminder that we are limited creatures. And those limitations show up in the ways that we separate ourselves from God and from one another, both personally and collectively. We know what it feels like to bump up against our own limitations. And we don't have to look very far to see the ways that we fall short as a people in our neighborhoods, our nation, our earth. Ways we have failed to protect the vulnerable, ways we have hurt intentionally or not, our loved ones, the ways we've harmed our planet. There's a lot to confess. And in fact, we have a whole litany of penitence coming up in a few minutes. Admitting our failures, recognizing where we've missed the mark, acknowledging our sin. This is the first part of repentance. And then comes the change part to repair relationships, take action on social issues, to change our minds or make amends. God invites us over and over to turn back to God and the love and forgiveness that is always there. There is so much blessing in that. So much blessing in that ability to turn such blessing in the act of repentance itself. In the Gospel reading, Jesus warns us against practicing our piety before others. So what are we doing here with this visible and usually public sign of our piety? I think one thing we are doing is making a collective witness to our need for repentance and our collective commitment to turn to God. We hear from the prophet Isaiah what the result of this turning might look like. To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, to cover them and not hide yourself from your kin. And Isaiah adds, Then, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. And our baptismal covenant also tells us what this turning to God looks like to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself, to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. Yes, we are mortal. We are limited. We sin. And while we are here in our living dusty bodies, we can change. What a blessing that we are given this opportunity over and over to repent to mess up, and to know that we are still loved, 
that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. That whatever our limitations are as a mortal people, we are always invited to return to the love of God. The love that is there surrounding us even when we turn away. The blessing is that in all of our flawed, limited dustiness, God loves us. The blessing is that we are allowed to be human and with all of our human limitations and still be unconditionally loved. God is always right there if we but turn. The blessing is that there are no limitations on God's love for us. Amen.